You are listening to Parenting Our Future with certified parent coach, Robin McMahon, author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in your parenting so you can create the family you always wanted. For more information on my book and other resources, check out yellingcurebook.com. And if you like my show, then I want to tell you about a hilarious parenting podcast called What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. It's hosted by Amy and Margaret, who are both comedians and moms of three. But that's where the similarities end because Margaret is laid back to the max and Amy loves making lists and planning ahead. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, Amy and Margaret wrestle with a common parenting issue using research, lively debate, and tons of humor. So if you're stuck at home right now with your kids, this is the perfect escape. Check out What Fresh Hell, Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, wherever you listen to podcasts or at whatfreshhellpodcast.com. Hello, everybody. It's Robin McMahon here. Welcome to Parenting Our Future. I'm really happy to bring you another amazing, sparkly guest on my podcast today. And we are talking about meditation and how to ease the stress and anxiety in your life. And so I have Josephine Atlery here. She is an expert in meditation and overcoming adversity to find joy. Yes, that's what we all want. And she has done this through a unique and trying fertility journey, which we're going to talk about. Um, Josephine has navigated the intense uncertainties and stress of pregnancy loss, IVF, international adoption, and surrogately, surrogate, surrogacy. That's the word I want to look for. Um, ultimately, becoming a mother of five. Holy cow. So she has channeled the power of perseverance, calm, and courage, and she now helps others navigate life's many curveballs through group and individual online meditation training and her podcast, Responding to Life. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for our conversation. Me too. So, wow, you have been through a lot to create this beautiful family of five children, plus you and your husband. Yes. And that's no joke, right? Pregnancy loss, IVF, international adoption, and surrogacy. Holy cow. Usually there is only one of those, or right? right? So yes. can you tell me how you came to this, how you came to be a family of seven? So when my husband and I were just dating, he had a life-threatening illness. So we knew once we got married and going into our marriage that we would have to proceed with IVF right from the get-go. So we spent a couple of years just enjoying each other, being married. And then when it was time to get started, I was in my mid-20s. And I thought naively, I thought it would be a breeze because I was young, my eggs were young, this should be no problem. And it was quite the opposite. And so we went through many cycles of IVF, some that just didn't flat out work, some that were miscarriages. And then we pivoted to a different fertility center just because we needed a, a fresh start somewhere. Mm. And then I became pregnant with twins. And the pregnancy was great. I went into the second trimester, it was 17 weeks, and then all of a sudden I lost the twins. Mm. And at that point, mentally and physically, I just couldn't do it anymore. And so we decided to pivot to international adoption. And that's when we went through all the paperwork. And it was a fairly quick process in comparison to other countries. We went with Kazakhstan, which was much faster. 
and life returned back to normal because all we were doing is just waiting after everything was done. Mm -hmm. And then six months later, we got the call. We hopped on a plane and we flew out to Kazakhstan. We actually had to spend a month out there, which is fantastic because I got to learn about my son's country of origin and actually have answers to the many questions that adopted children have. So I was able to answer something, at least about what my experience was like out there. Mm-hmm. And, and then it was great. So I had um, a son finally. And then I felt like I could do IVF one more time. So we went to another facility, this time out in Colorado. And we did our, what we thought would be our last cycle. And we became pregnant with twins again. Mm-hmm. And this time we just threw everything at it. I had a procedure done to sort of help out with keeping the pregnancy and I was on bed rest and mm-hmm. I carried the twins to 40 weeks and had a boy and a girl and oh. then life really was fantastic. Like <laughs> All my dreams came true. Mm-hmm. And, but then we worked so hard on these embryos that I had frozen. Right. And we would get a letter every year. What do you want to do with them? And I literally put my blood, sweat and tears into these embryos that I thought, have to give them a shot at least mm-hmm. some more and we always wanted a big family anyway right. and but I knew I was being honest with myself I knew that I couldn't carry them again and go through that whole procedure again of bed rest and all of that so we couldn't quite afford surrogacy right away but then after a few years we were able to finally approached that topic and decided to go for it. And we found ourselves just such an amazing woman to partner with in this experience. And um, she carried twin boys for us. And so I have two sets of twins and our adopted son. And that's how we became a family of seven. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, Wow. So can I ask you though, how were you and I mean, I think this leads into the meditation, but how were you able to get through the losses and get through all that you were going through and keep your mindset positive and growing and, mm-hmm. you know, and not have it destroy you? I mean, that's a lot. And, I, and I'm so sorry for your loss too. Oh, thank you. No, I'll be honest. It did destroy me. I didn't have meditation back then. I wish I had my source of comfort and like my outlet was always um, fitness. And, you know, at certain points of IVF, you're not allowed to work out. So it kind of drove me crazy because you had to, you know, just let the egg sort of take and all these things. And um, so I didn't have this outlet and it just sort of, especially after that twin loss at 17 weeks, it just, you know, I thought I dealt with the grief, but it stays with you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't really dig in and look within and work on all of those feelings and emotions, then you carry it through. And lo and behold, after I had those three kids, I thought I, thought I had solved all my problems. Like this was what I had been going for to be a parent. Yeah. And then you know, I was training for some races. I was finally doing some stuff for myself. And all of a sudden I developed an eating disorder and it was all, you know, once I went through the work of, of getting over it, therapy and group therapy, what, what it came down to was that 
I had all these unresolved issues and all this unresolved trauma that I didn't deal with way back when. These feelings of like lack of self-worth, not being deserving of all of this, and just so many issues that if I had um, really tapped in and had the benefit of meditation back then, that maybe wouldn't have come to that. So it was really a long process. It wasn't until after, I would say even after we had the last set of twins, that's when I started to just dabble in my own meditation. Yeah. And, and then I became hooked because not only did I have this physical outlet of fitness, but now I had this mental and emotional outlet that I didn't ever really have before. And I joke that it's because of the five kids that I actually had to become a meditation teacher because <laughs> otherwise I would just be consumed in the chaos. Um, yeah, well, I mean, that's one of my questions is how do you do it with five kids? Because they're all, are they, they're all close in age, are they not? Or No, we have a big gap. So oh, I, I'm do. dealing with a teenager at 13. Oh my God. I have 11 year old twins and then I have four year old twins. So I'm dealing with like the toddler years again and like teen years now. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, mama, what is happening? Yeah, that's a lot. That is a lot. Oh my gosh. Can, can I ask you something personal? Um, you mentioned that your husband has a life-threatening illness. Is, is, that, is, is that, I mean, I don't know how, how to ask it other than to say, is that still the case? And does that weigh on you? Oh, no, that all happened before when we were first dating. And, you know, I think that actually that whole experience of um, being with him and getting him through it really helped us with our perspective on life. So, you know, you had asked the great question about how I maintained positivity and how I had this great mindset. I did. And I think it's because we got through that together. And you, when you go through something like that, you have a, this very different outlook on life. Mm-hmm. You're so appreciative of the moments that you have because you know it's fleeting. You know it can be taken away in the blink of an eye. And mm-hmm. so that was always, I think, underlying in all of this. And that's kind of what helped us get through the tremendous ups and downs of that fertility journey that we had. Yeah. Okay. That's really good to know. Cause I, I'm, I'm sitting here worried that, you know, your husband isn't going to be okay. So I'm oh, glad. Oh no, he's great. Yeah. Good. Yes. I'm okay. Very blessed. Yep. Yes. You are very blessed. Okay. So speaking of chaos, it must be yes. chaos. It must it be. It is. Yeah. I was joking to my husband, like we should have a name, like a little plaque on our house. And I'm like, what should this be name our house? And I'm like, cause of the chaos. <laughs> I love it. Oh, okay. yeah. Let's get those printed now and get them set out because yours is not the only house. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Okay. So, so I would, I would love to know, like you, you obviously are very grounded and look, you, you are with the work that you do, you really, you're really no joke. I mean, you, um, uh, like you, you, you became certified at Unplugged under former COO of the Deepak Chopra Center. Um, you have taught meditation um, to, to staff at Cedar Sinai Medical Center. Um, you, you've done all of this great work. And so I would love to just talk to the moms that are listening, the dads that are listening, and how, when, because look, the chaos is real. 
whether you have one, whether you have many, the chaos is still real. And how can we show up using meditation as more calm parents? Yeah. So, you know, when I talk to people who are considering or maybe even not considering meditation, it's really an overwhelming idea because people have this preconceived notion that in order to do it properly, they need to, you know, sit in the lotus position. They need to achieve total Zen and their mind has to be completely shut off with thoughts. And that's the number one thing I hear is, and I even said it myself, yeah. I can't shut my brain off. I'm so type A. I'm always on the go. Yeah. You know, a former event planner, endless task list. Like that's how I operate. Yeah. I can't turn that off. I can't meditate. But so the, the idea isn't really just to turn off your mind. It's mm-hmm. more of allowing the thoughts to come in, but then being able to acknowledge them and then just gently letting them get back out and returning back to grounding yourself into your breath or a mantra or whatever it is that your point of focus is. Mm -hmm. And what's great about that is that you carry that out into your daily life. So that's that gradual practice, right? Of letting them in and then returning back to your focus. Well, when you're doing that with, say, with your kids, you're trying to be in that moment with them and spend quality time with them, but Mm -hmm. you're getting distracted by so many things. So how do you stay present? Well, it's that same idea you need to acknowledge, okay, that thought came in, like, I need to get back to work and do this. But you know what, I'm spending these next 10 minutes with my kid, and they want to play in the sandbox with me. So I'm going to be here. And that's what you're practicing in meditation, which is why it's so, it's so important to at least try. And the best way to try mm-hmm. is just to breathe. People think you have, there's like this big thing that you have to do. Really, it just comes down to breathing. And if you can just practice that for a minute or two and then just gradually build upon that, then you're you're meditating without even realizing it. And it's just because when you tune into your breath, you're thinking only about your breath. And you can't really think about everything else. You can't think about the chaos swirling around you. You're just focused on you, but you in the present moment. Mm -hmm. And and then on on the other part of it is that it's also calming you down because as you slow down your breath, your mind gets the signal that you're entering a state of calm and that you're no longer in that fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. So all the stress response, you know, the, the quicker heartbeats, um, sweatiness, and then all the other things that happen with stress begin to subside because your body and your mind are feeling calm from that breath. So, oh. Okay, so I, I just got to jump in and say a couple things. So, sure. uh, so I have never thought about that before. How really, when you're in that meditative state, right, you are acknowledging the feelings and you're letting, or the thoughts, sorry, and they're coming in and you are just letting them go, come back and coming back to your, your, your clear mind and your breath. I mean, it feels like crazy town inside my head when I try to do that. But, but what really struck me just now is you saying that it's that when you're in real life situations mm-hmm. where you are feeling that anxiety, like, ah, oh, I got to go check my phone or, oh, I can't forget to do this email or, ah, oh, I got to yes. get dinner ready, whatever. All the while your child is in front of you wanting to play with you and you yeah. are, you are physically there, mentally elsewhere. 
And so taking that moment, I love that to acknowledge, yes, there is an email that I need to do, but I'm here now doing this, right? And that's the most important thing. You are currently listening to the Parenting Our Future podcast. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And please don't forget to subscribe. And I would be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating on iTunes. If you'd like to connect with me, all my details are in the show notes. And for a copy of my book, go to yellingcurebook.com. Now back to the show. I've always heard, you know, connection to your breath, right? Okay. But then someone said to me um, that it's noticing your breath and how it comes and goes without any effort right? Mm -hmm. I was always trying to make myself breathe in a a particular pattern. You know what I mean? Like I'm deep, you know, and then right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so then I'm like, Oh, am I doing this right? Or whatever. Then that adds. So is it not just acknowledging that your breath comes and goes on its own and you're just noticing that it does that without any effort? Is that right? Yes, absolutely. So there's so many different ways to meditate. That's, a great way of doing it is just not uh, manipulating it and just yeah. noticing how it goes in and out. Right. And, and just the simple noticing is being in that present moment. But then there are all these other ways of doing it. Um, so you just want to switch things up and just practice different things. So then there are different breathing techniques that you can do where, like you mentioned, it can be that longer, slower inhale, or it can be like timed where you're counting for four seconds and then counting for another four seconds. Just so many different ways, just like there's so many different mantras or different like mindfulness techniques that you can use. But if you find that the best way for you to start is to just witness how it's going in and out just normally, then, then go for that. Yeah. Because that's the last thing you want to do is add stress to yeah. it's supposed to be a calming yeah. like experience. Yeah. 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 Well, and I've learned over the years how important the breath is. And you just mentioned, you know, four seconds. Um, and so, you know, what what I know from from the challenges that we've had with my son, who's very high anxiety, um, is that box breathing, right? You breathe in for four, mm-hmm. hold for four, breathe out for four, hold for four. Yeah. Uh, and we know that that calms the parasympathetic nervous system. So it Absolutely. really does have a mind-body connection. We are mind-body, right? Yes. And, so, and so the more you practice, the easier it is. But you're not saying you need to have the special pillow, the soft music, the right. uh, aromatherapy diffuser, right. <laughs> flags uh, in your room and the, right. all, the whole stuff. And you can't do it until you have that. Maybe a little gong that you you know whatever no. <laughs> like, don't worry about that stuff just go sit down in a chair or whatever and, it, and and actually that's a question sit down lie down I fall asleep often Whatever's comfortable for you if you want if you notice that you fall asleep then try sitting down I do it in my minivan like back before when we were out of quarantine I was doing it right after drop-off I'd get in the back seat I'd do it in the minivan when I'm parked making sure to put quarters in the meter or then you know I would do it in my closet now because the kids can't find me there um and but when they do find me I'll hear a little hush like the four-year-old saying to each other oh mama's meditating and then they'll be quiet and then they'll just sit there with me 
And it's great because I realize I'm modeling behavior oh, for them. Yeah. 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 So anywhere. So, so that's, that's great too, because how are you, cause you must be teaching your kids how to do this too. And how do you do that? I started with the older kids with an app and I did it at night because to just ease them into a restful sleep. Mm. And, you know, we do that every now and then. Uh, what I definitely do every day is a gratitude and an affirmation just to bring them into a state of positivity and appreciation for what their day was like. And you do that in meditation as well. Gratitude, mm-hmm. affirmations. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps boost confidence in themselves and you know, leaves them feeling good as they go into, into sleep. Um, and so the older kids do that. And my eldest actually, when he's feeling very overwhelmed and stressed out, He'll actually come to me, and I love this. He'll actually come to me and say, can we meditate for a little bit? And that's, like, the best. (laughs) It doesn't happen often, but when it does, I drop everything and we do it. Um, Because he's seen how it helps him. He also has a lot of anxiety. And um, so he has seen how it works for him to just sort of slow down and, and breathe. That's all we're doing and not really doing a guided journey or anything with him we're just breathing yeah yeah well and and you're so right on I mean kids and I say it all the times they 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 don't do what we say they do what we do you know um and so so that's really powerful right and really something we need to remember is like what what you want for your kids is what you need to show them how to do right so um can you walk us through what that sounds like when you, when you, um, when you do the gratitude and the affirmations, like, how does that sound? Cause I think people listening might want to adopt that as part of their practice with their kids. So how would you, how do you do that with your kids? We're just having a conversation. Actually, we just, you know, as we're coming up the stairs to their bedrooms, now it's become, we've been doing it for years now. Now it's just become sort of like, I'll point to one person and tell me it's not like, what you imagine to be this very serene experience. Um, I'll ask each of them, what are you grateful for today? Mm. And they'll list whatever they're grateful for. The affirmations are a little bit trickier because, you know, depending on, especially on their age, like teenagers, they're so self-conscious. They, you know, they're just going through so much. And so it was really hard for my eldest to acknowledge things about himself. Mm-hmm. And, and that was heartbreaking for me because I wanted him to appreciate all these amazing things that he is. And so I would actually just give them examples. Mm-hmm. I, I would always start myself because back to that modeling. Um, and sometimes they'll call me out on it. They'll say, mom, you didn't, you didn't give us yours. <laughs> and so now I make a point of doing it. And, um, and so like, with affirmations, I'm smart. I'm courageous, I'm beautiful, I'm kind, you know, I'm, and then especially right now with all the chaos going around in the world, things like I'm safe, I'm healthy, I'm worthy, I'm loved, I am loved. So just all of these things that are just simple phrases of I am and things especially that you want to boost. And it's okay if they repeat it the next day. Sometimes I'll call them out on it if they're being if I feel like they're being lazy, but 
<laughs> with certain kids, I know that they need to keep repeating that particular affirmation because they don't believe it yet. And I tell them that too. It's like, okay, you may not really believe it in your heart of hearts right now, but eventually you will. So just, let's just keep saying it. You know? Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is too, the brain doesn't know the difference between fantasy and reality. So yes. if you keep saying it, it's going to get it. It's going to get right. you there. So yeah. that's, that's really beautiful. And thank you for that. I, um, I, I like to know how people do it, you know, like mm -hmm. what are the words you use to yes. say the things, right? Yes. So, so for you to say, okay, what are you grateful for? You know, what's one thing that you're grateful for today? Mm -hmm. And then yes affirmations. I am safe. I am smart. I am courageous. I am mm -hmm. beautiful. Right. Yeah. How often do we say that to ourselves? Right. right. Yeah. yeah. And so I see these as things that us as parents also need. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Right. Yes. These are just the exact same things. Um, and so is, is that equal to a mantra? Yes. Or is it yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that is a mantra. You can use that as I, I do that all the time for myself. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so how early do you, do you teach this to kids? Um, let's see. When did I start with the kiddos? Probably when they were about eight ish, eight or nine is when yeah. they started because before that they really, at least sitting and breathing, it was hard for them to, mm. to stay focused and not even focused. I mean, we were only doing it for a minute or two. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's when I found that they were really um, letting it sink in. Yeah, yeah. They really could think about those things. Yeah, I, I, um, <laughs> I was getting my kids to, every time they came home from school, they would lie down. We put like a little stuffed animal on their tummy, right? And they would oh. have to push that up and down because in your, on top of your tummy is deep breathing versus up here in your chest, right? Um, and my son was like, mom, I don't want to do this because I already do this at school. I was like, oh, this is great at school. Nice. Yes. yes. I was so happy to hear that. Um, and I mean, let's be honest, it's okay to do it more than once a day. Yes. But, uh, you know, I, anyway, I think that's really, I think that's, I, th I thought that was really great. And I love that there is um, more of a, a turn, at least where I am, to more mindfulness, mindfulness there practices, is. right? Mm -hmm. Because there's a difference between mindful, like having your mind full, yes. you know, right? right. So, um, so all really good stuff. So um, let me just ask you, how can we, in this time where there is so much anxiety right mm -hmm. and and appropriately so right because right. you know there's there is a threat to our survival in terms of mm -hmm. the virus that's there and i don't want to belabor the whole virus talk because we've talked a right. lot about it at least i have a lot but the reality is is that it does it is a threat to our survival we're not sure if we're going to get it or not i remember the start mm -hmm. of the quarantine and i was like what is this going to be like like right. not even knowing like am i going to get it Right. Is my mom going to get it? Is like, like what's going to happen, right? It's mm -hmm. very stressful and it's like invisible too, right? You know, mm -hmm. there's those people who are carriers, but they don't get sick and all this stuff and you hear and you're bombarded with messages, right? And if it's not the coronavirus, 
today, it's something else tomorrow, and it's mm-hmm. ongoing. We live in a heightened level of anxiety and stress, and, and mm-hmm. really, we need to learn to ride the wave of it on top of the wave of anxiety, because we might not be able to get rid of it altogether, but how do we live with it? So my right. question is over to you, like, how do we live our best life in this time of anxiety? How do we do that? Well, I try to make sure, first of all, that I don't, that I am aware of what my triggers are. So for example, reading the news, like I did this morning, or even someone's post on social media about the spike in in cases and all that. And I noticed myself getting triggered. And so Mm -hmm. I said, you know what, it's time to turn this off. And and in order to prevent like the cycle of anxiety, I just stood there and did some, some breathing exercises. You don't have to go and sit with your eyes closed somewhere. You can do that. That's what's great. You can just do your deep breathing wherever you are to help you curb that anxiety and that stress. Mm-hmm. And in order to live your best life, still within all of the chaos that's happening, it's important to really tune into yourself, which is why something like meditation or even just journaling gives you that opportunity to really check in and see, you know, where am I at today? How am I feeling? What is it that I need to be this best version of myself, which you have an idea of because at one point you were there and figuring out, well, what can I do to get me back to that place? Because as a parent, you you have to operate at this optimum level because everyone feeds off your energy. Mm-hmm. So we all say that there's, oh, I can't take time to do this for myself. I can't. I'm just like, there's a million things to do. You need to do that first for yourself because if you can't, then everyone is feeling that negative energy, that chaos within you, that anxiety, and then it just spreads to the whole household. And that's tough for kids because they don't know how to get back to their their best selves. You can. So if you can just start with yourself, then everyone's kind of in this, in this better place. Mm -hmm. And so by doing things like meditation and journaling, you're able to really just do a quick check-in with yourself Mm -hmm. and then just doing one thing a day to make you feel good, whether that's physically feeling good, emotionally, just whatever it is, just doing one thing for yourself and it doesn't have to be super long it doesn't have to be super fancy you can be sitting in your minivan in the driveway (laughs) in silence which I like to do and then you feel good and you're ready to take on everything in the world and you feel like your best self again even though you may be trapped in your house yeah so that's my advice well I I really love that and and the reality is is that when you take time and we're talking minutes, we're not talking, hours. we're not talking a whole, a whole big deal. Like just take a moment, Mm -hmm. connect to your breath, feel it because that is what gets you back in control, right? Because we can easily spin out of control, let our thoughts, you know, um, completely consume us. But like you said, being aware of your triggers. Okay, look, I can't read the news. I can't see the news right now. It is, it, it sends me on a spiral and that affects my entire family. And you don't mm-hmm. want one thing to affect five people plus your husband, right? I mean, right. And you, so, you know, seven people are on the line here. Yeah. And 
<laughs> that's right. a, that's a big responsibility. You've got, you know, you've got to, and, and, and I believe we set the tone for our family, you know, yes. as moms, like we gotta say, we do, we, we do. set the tone for our family. So if you're not okay, nobody's okay. Yep. So, um, so really taking moments, get yourself back into control and then you can then you can go about your day and check back in when you need to. I, you you make it sound really simple, and I think it is that simple. Yeah. What what the hard part is is prioritizing it. Mm. But you'll find that whatever is important to you, you're going to prioritize. If it's work, you're always finding a way to do that work, right? If it's working out, and you're a consistent one, then you're always running. Mm. But if you prioritize being like this best version of yourself being this you know more calm person then you're gonna make that one two minute um dedicated moment in the beginning of your day at the end of the day whenever it is to do it i know it sounds so simple but it is it's hard for anyone yeah and i say to all the parents that that i work with too you know in order to have a peaceful response, you can't be at war with your own self, you know? So if you want to show up as a peaceful parent, you have to put that time into yourself or you have Mm -hmm. nothing to give. If you don't have, if you don't have anything Mm -hmm. left, you have nothing to give. So you have to do that. And so, you know, if you can take a couple of minutes, grab a mantra that says, I am safe and I am beautiful and I am capable and I am a gift to this world, all of, you know, things like that. Like, let's do that. Let's, let's have this ripple effect throughout the world because doesn't it just make everything and everyone better around you? When oh, absolutely. You yeah. Spread your light and love. You can yeah. feel it. Yeah. You can feel totally it. Difference. Man, yeah. Oh. Well, this has been so great. Thank you very much. Um, yes, absolutely. With me and for um, for listening um, and for for just yeah for 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 doing this and and for for what you're doing in the world too. This is really beautiful. Um, and so we will put links to all of you know where people can find you. But it, can you tell us right now where people can find you? Yep, the website is jatlurie.com. That's A T L U R I. And on there, you can subscribe to a monthly newsletter. It also gives you a link to a free weekly meditation that I do on Zoom every Wednesday. And it also will show you my link to my Instagram so you can get some daily inspo on parenting. I put a lot of parenting stuff and meditation stuff on there oh. and all that good stuff. Oh, so I hope to. Fantastic. And of course, you have a podcast called Responding to Life. So um, that, you know, you you say highlights your fertility journey, um, but but also lots of other great stuff. So Mm -hmm. uh, so that's great. Thank you for giving back and doing what you're doing. And um, I hope everybody listening will just take a couple of minutes a day and sit, connect with their breath and spread some more love, joy, calmness, and absolutely. Uh, yes. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Thank, Thank you so much for having me. This is so Thank great. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. 
until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and care.